0: Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be.
1: Amen. Let's be seated. Boko, Bluku, Boluku, Ta, Keke, Tellyandeke, Ike, Kukulu, Fluku, Tuluku, Boluku, you are the common and keeping God. Joshua chapter 1, Joshua chapter 1, keep playing. Joshua chapter 1 verse from verse 1, Joshua chapter 1 from verse 1. The Bible says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the past, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is there. Now therefore arise. Moses was my servant, but he is dead. Moses was great, but he is dead. Ah, Elijah, my servant was great, but he is gone. All that is gone is gone. Now you must arise. No matter how beautiful the past is, it is past. You must arise. Now arise, it says, and go over this Jordan, you and all the people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet shall tread upon, I have upon that land I have given to you as I said to Moses. Verse 4, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates and all the land of the Etites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I would be with you. I would not leave you, nor forsake you. Verse 6, be strong and be of good courage. For to these people you shall divide this land as an inheritance, which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Verse 7, only be strong and be very courageous. That you may observe to do all that the Lord says, which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Verse 8, that the book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do those that are written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, to not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you, Wherever you go, the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. I bring a word from God to you this morning, but I'll start with a recap of what we've been teaching. Remember, I said that this is the kingdom, it's for the kingdom. It's for the kingdom say the kingdom. The kingdom. It's the kingdom. Everything God does, He does for His kingdom. Every promotion, every advancement, every appointment, every prosperity, every expansion. Every breaking of new ground is for the benefit of the kingdom. If you are not kingdom minded, you are not a candidate for it. Everything God does, he does for the sake of his kingdom. He puts money in your pocket. He puts money in your pocket to be a blessing, not just to your family, not just to your immediate home, but to the kingdom of God. And the moment you understand this vividly, your body and your life becomes a channel of God's blessing. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 1 to 4. God was talking to Cyrus. Isaiah 45, verse 1 to 4. He said, I have held your hands. He said, before you, I would open gates. Isaiah 45, 1 to 4. He said, I would break open bars of iron. Because of my servant, Israel. Everything I do, I do because of my covenant. Everything. I put a blessing in your life is because of my covenant. Joseph understood it. The Bible said that when when his his brothers began to weep and to beg him, he says, "You meant it for evil." He said, "You meant it for evil." But God brought me here for good. God brought me here for good. He said that I'll be able to feed men. Give it to me, Genesis chapter fifty, verse twenty. Quickly. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. He said, You meant it for evil, you meant it for bad. You sold me off to slavery. He said, But God meant it for good. Genesis 50, verse 40, verse 20. He said, But as for you, you taught evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. So you see that the appointment of Joseph was not for him to be able to wear the best of clothes, it's for what? Eh, to do what. I can hear you guys. To save many people, much people alive, everything God puts in your hand, this year of breaking new ground is not a selfish agenda. It's not just for you to be able to fill your pocket with more money. No! You must understand. And I said last week about how you need to open your mind. How I many of you were blessed last week? Oh, wow. Your mind is your greatest limitation. And God cannot do beyond your mind. The Bible says, I will do. He can do. That's what it says. God can do. He didn't say he will do. He said, he can do. You know he can do? You know there are many things that God can do that he doesn't do? you know? The Bible says he can do. The fact that he can do does not mean he has done it. Can he save everyone? Can God save everyone? Answer me now. Has he saved everyone? You no, know, he has loved people who are not saved yet. But he has made provision for their salvation. But they are not saved. He can do. He can do do above, abundant, exceedingly all according to the power that works within you. So your mind is God's greatest limitation. And I said last week, I said you need to expose your mind to possibilities. I don't want to go over that again because the message will take me far away from where I want to go. But I want you, if you haven't listened to that sermon, you're in church on Sunday, please get that sermon. It will bless your life. Now let's go back to our text. God was speaking to Joshua. He said, Joshua, be of good courage. Only only be of good courage. Is that what only means that this is the only thing that you need? I am going to do what I promised to do. I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. But you have to be strong and be courageous because if you don't have a strong mind, you can't do this. You have to be strong and be bold and be courageous. The promises of God, we are not we are not confused about it. We know what God wants to do, but you have, you have you have to have a strong heart. Bishop Hedipo says you have to have a lion heart to get your lion's share. You have to have a strong heart. He says only be thou courageous. Fear is strong. Fear. Fear is strong. Fear is an enemy. Fear is not the opposite of faith. It's an enemy of faith. You know we have words and opposites. We have enemies. Black and white is not words and opposites. Because if black is the opposite of white, then what's the opposite of Red. Don't let them talk to your mind. There's nothing like opposite of colors. I'm an artist. Colors don't have opposites. You are not the opposite of white. You are not what? Ah, not answering by the way. So we have words and opposites. Tall and short. Tall and short. But tall is not the enemy of short. Sure you know. It's just the opposite. Faith and fear are not words and opposites. They are enemies. Fear fights against fear. Fear is the only enemy against everything God wants to do in your life. Fear is an enemy. It's not a feeling. Fear is not an emotion. It's a force. It's the first fruit of sin in Adam. The Bible says when Adam heard the voice of God, he feared. He said, I heard your voice and I was afraid. That's the first fruit of sin. Fear. The first emotion man showed after he fell was fear. So fear is not just a feeling. Fear is not just an emotion. It's a bondage. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 says that God has not given you the spirit of bondage again to fear. Romans 8, verse 15, quickly. Romans 8, verse 15, he has not given you the spirit of bondage to fear. So fear is a bondage. Are you following me this morning? Are you following me this morning? Fear is a spirit. The Bible says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. He has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. So give me Hebrews 2, verse 15 now. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 15. It says that Jesus had come to deliver people who through all their lives. Had been subject to the fear of death. Look at that. And deliver them through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So fear subjects to bondage. That casual thing, you say, I'm afraid I may not be able to come to you. You are under bondage. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I tell my I'm scared. I said, don't say you're scared. Fear. Fear is heavy. Fear. The first thing terrorists do, what do they do? when they want to keep a nation under bondage? What do they do? When they slaughter people, what do they video do? Eh? It's to keep everyone under serious bondage. ISIS will slaughter people, Boko Haram, slaughter people and put it on YouTube. So everyone that looks at it, hee, 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 They blast before they get at you. They have already put you under bondage. That's that's, that's what they do. Fear is bondage. Fear is not the feeling. Fear is not the feeling. Goliath shouted for 40 days. The Bible says that Goliath was at the other side of the valley. Israel, the other side of the mountain. Both of them were mountains. By the 40th day, the Bible says that Israel had come to the valley. He had not touched them all. Every day he cost them. He resounded his voice to cause fear. The Bible says that Satan is roaring around. Why is he roaring? Why is he roaring? Ooh, ooh. If you want to kill me, kill me. If you don't shut up, ooh, I'm going to kill. Oh, come out! If you have if you have, if you have the heart. The enemy's greatest weapon is fear. As faith is to God, fear is to Satan. Nothing calls the attention of Satan more than fear. Job says, the greatest things I've feared have happened to me. The same things I've scared of have happened to me. Fear is not a feeling. People have stayed back in abusive relationships because of fear. Till they were killed. They never left. Fear. Fear is a force. As faith is a force. Follow me closely this morning. It's not a casual feeling. The command to fear not is God's command. It says fear not. Verse 9. Joshua 1 verse 9. Says, have I not commanded you? Fear not. Have I not commanded you? Because the whole nation is inched on that commandment. Do you know that if Joshua had allowed fear, Israel would not have entered into the promised land in his own tunnel at least? Do you know that a whole generation from 20 years old to whatever years perished in the wilderness 40 years because 10 people came back with a report of fear. Are you following me? You are not following me very well. They could not enter the promised land. Why? Answer me why? Is it because God was not powerful? This was the same generation that built a golden calf and worshipped it. And that golden calf didn't stop them from entering the promised land. Fear would do to you what sin could not do. Fear would do to you what sin could not do. This was the same generation that kept complaining to God. And their complaining did not stop them. It was their fear that stopped them from entering the promised land. The prodigal son could have stayed back where he was. His sin was not strong enough to hold him back. He could have said, I don't know what my father would do to me. Let me not go home. And even though his sin couldn't have stopped him from having a relationship with his father again, his fear of what his father would do could have stopped him from going. Home. Fear is powerful. It's a force. God has great plans in stock, has wonderful plans in stock, but fear has the capacity of stopping us from entering. A whole generation perished. A whole generation, 40 years, wandered around in the wilderness because they were afraid. They're afraid. Fear has a voice. It screams in your head, overwhelms the voice of faith in your heart. It is Satan's greatest, greatest way of leading people. Satan leads people by fear. God leads his people by spirit and by faith. Or Satan leads his people by fear. Follow me. People take decisions because of the fear of becoming or staying poor. So you see people that take decisions. Why are you taking this decision? Because I'm afraid I might become poor. So they take decisions like that. Because of fear of staying poor. Because of the fear of death. Fear of not getting married. So you stay in a situation where your boyfriend is slapping your face. Beating you up. He has not married you. Messing you up and you stayed with him. Because you are afraid that if you let this one go, where will I see another one? People stay back in abusive relationships. People are afraid of being left alone or being abandoned. Of making a mistake or taking the wrong step. People fear of being disliked. So you see people that stay around people who mess them up, who talk to them in a very terrible way, but they don't leave because they're afraid of being left alone. They're afraid of walking alone because they are Liverpool fans. Stay back at a job that's not paying your bills, Stay back at a job that's not doing your life any good because you are afraid of what will happen if I lose this job. People stay back in places. People relocate out of fear. People run out of their countries out of fear. People run out of their cities to other cities out of fear. People marry out of fear. People think that marriage is a refuge. That will save them from financial problems or from personal problems. And so you think that your, your personal problem will be reduced when you get married. Everything in marriage accentuates. You see, marriage blows everything up. Marriage exposes everything. If you fat in your sleep and nobody knows, marriage will expose you. If your toes smell, nobody knows, you're looking all suit up here. Marriage will expose you. Marriage exposes. It doesn't cover. The Bible says that one just chases a thousand, two. What? So if one chases a thousand, two chases ten thousand. If one is chasing nothing, two will chase themselves. One has to be chasing something first for the combination of both of them to chase a multiplier effect. If two lazy people get married, they chase each other. Fear! They stay back. Fear! They stay away. Fear! All because of fear. Stay back in safe places. Fear will keep you away from experiencing the power and the possibilities of God. Fear will stop you. Fear. God is powerful and mighty, but fear will stop you from enjoying the power and His presence. I'll never forget one of my one of my most painful stories, but I say it all the time because it became a lesson for me. It was 31st December of that year, and the Lord came to me early in the morning after my quiet time. I hadn't started SLC then. The Lord said to me, Philip. I said yes, Lord. He said, I want to. I want you to go to social Hospital today. And I want you to heal everyone in the hospital. He said, I want you to discharge. That was the language he used. He said, I want you to discharge all their patients. <laughs> Dr. Lloyd. I said, Lord, I'm not the one that admitted them. I don't think I have the moral rights to walk into an hospital to discharge their patients. God said, no, I'm the one sending you. Go there today. Discharge everyone. He said, I don't want anyone entering the next year on their sick beds. He told me the name of the hospital, a Hospital. Biggest hospital in that area. I said, Go and discharge everyone. So I called my friend. His name is Kalu. I said, Kalu, I knew you know him. I said, Kalu, have you eaten anything this morning? He said, Yes, not yet. I said, Stop fasting, stop fasting, stop fasting. We are going somewhere this evening. Did God say I should fast? <laughs> eh? Did God say I should fast, Collins? What did God say I should do? Eh? Was his instruction clear enough? Was there any ambiguity? You see, but fear will make you. On activities fear of not com- being competent enough you see I wanted to fast and pray because in my mind I didn't think I was good enough, holy enough prayed up enough, charged up enough I didn't think I was spiritual enough to do what God wanted me to do so I wanted to fast to bring that instruction within the ambit of my spiritual competence and can I announce you that you can never pray enough You can never fast enough. You can never be holy enough. There is nobody good enough to be used by God. All of us are products of his mercy and grace. Nobody is holy enough. The more I fasted, the more I feared. Because now I am doing it in my power. The more I prayed, the more I feared. I fasted, I didn't eat all day. The more I fasted, the more I prayed in tongues, the more the fear took my heart. By 5 p.m. in the evening, when it was time to go for the hospital. I went into my room and I blocked my ears. Thinking that God will speak to me and I will not hear. He spoke from here. Philip! I heard. I said, Yes, Jose, we should be on our way to the hospital now. I said, Lord, I can't go. He said, Why? I said, I'm afraid. He said, No, 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 no. I'm with you. I shall be with you. I will never leave. I said, eh, I cannot go. Well, let me deceive you, because the more I prayed, Satan would just show me a picture of one man with elephantiasis. You see, how are you going to decide this one? <laughs> he would just show me with one man with a nose cancer. So if you get there and his nose is oozing blood, what are you going to do to decide? So those were the pictures that went through my mind all day because I kept trying to be qualified. Kept trying to be good enough. And you can never be good enough to be used of God. Never! So God says, okay, no problem. If you don't want to go, it's okay. So I said, yes, I'm going. Thank God, thank God. I went for the crossover service that night and my pastor preached a powerful message on doing exploits for God. And the message charged me. I was so steered. I said, God, I must go and do exploits for you. The next morning, remember God said, I don't want anyone in their sick beds." in the morning. Is that what he told me? Is that what he told me? So, I went the next morning. I could my Bible. I said, ah, Philip, where are you going? I said, I'm going to the hospital. He said, to do what? I said, I'm going there to to do what you said I should do. <laughs> he said, okay, you can go. Since now, now is your time. So, I went to the hospital. Oh, the hospital. Walked in. What do you want to see? I said, my name is Philip. I'm a healing evangelist. And i come here to pray for your sick. The nurse said, the sick or the elderly, I said, the sick. He said, sir, we don't understand what happened. He said, but last night, Jesus came here and healed everyone. He said, check the words. It's empty. He said, supernaturally, everybody got well last night. And we let everyone go. Nobody was in the hospital. I walked through the words. Checked the female ward. Checked the male ward. All the beds were empty started to cry. She said, sir, why are you crying? I said, you can't understand. I failed him. Walked to the door. I said, Lord, I failed you. I'm sorry. He said, son, if I tell you to go, I have gone. You will meet me there. I will never leave nor forsake you. You are not going to do anything. Yours is just to stay there and boom. 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 And like Jesus would say that what I see my father do, that's what I do. He says the father healing that sick person. Boom. He gets up. Boom. He gets up. And so everyone would have said, ah, what a miracle. And you would have stood up on the table that day I would have said, look at me, men and brethren. It's not by my power that I stand here today. For the same Jesus of Nazareth who died on the cross, sent me here and has healed all this people. Jesus said, because even yesterday I was able to heal the sick. I was not able to preach the gospel. So everyone got healed, but nobody got saved. Nobody got saved. Fear will stop you from enjoying the presence and the power of God. Fear. Fear will hold you back. Fear keeps you contained with what you have. And shuts you out from the possibilities you can have. Gives you contained with what you have and shuts you out of the possibilities of what you can have. That proverb, a bed in hand, is what to in the forest, is not from the scriptures, it's a demonic proverb. There is nobody that will be great in their life that would sacrifice the two in the forest for the one in their hand. Listen to me. It is fear that tells you to hold on to this one that you have. Oh, oh nobody knows tomorrow. Who knows whether nothing else will come. Oh, that's fear telling you not to make a move with your life. Hold this job that you have. Hold this money that you have. Hold this one that you have. Don't let this boy go. Don't let this girl go. You It is fear that keeps you holding on to what you have and shuts you out. From the possibilities of what you can have. Abraham left his father's house. God says, move. He didn't even know where he was going. God said to him, you don't even have to know where you're going before you move. Somebody says that you must know what to do next. I don't know what to do next, but I know what not to be doing now. I don't have to know what my next step is before I stop this thing I'm doing. Particularly if I know God wants me to stop it. Sometimes it is this one that you are doing that is blocking your ears from hearing the next thing you should be doing. Sometimes you need that gap of idleness. Not doing anything. It shuts you off from the possibilities. God said to me, he says, is this bed in your hand? This bed you are holding to. This bed you are holding. Hey, this bed. I must not let this bed go. He said, what if this bed dies in your hands? It's still in your hands, but it's dead. And now you are too old to go bed on Your life is empty. In your hands, holding dead bed. People are holding on to businesses, hold on to jobs, and they retrench them. They retrench everyone. Your job is, your application, your letter of employment is in your hand. They didn't collect it. It was a dead employment. When God was calling you to move, you didn't move. Now you have it in your hands. <laughs> One of my friends says, after 25 years, was was um, serving in the, in the company. I think the company was Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. And um, after 25 years of serving, on their 25th year of service, they gave them 25 crates of coke. 25 crits of coke. Thank you for serving for 25 years. 25 crits of coke. He said he, he, you know, he, he was just here for like three years. He said he began to say, I have to leave here. I have to leave. Here. I cannot, because he cannot imagine after 25 years of labor, you get 25 cro- crates. When God said, move. Hmm. Fear shuts you out from the possibilities of what you can have. God said to us in this house, he said, do not be afraid of the uncommon. Is that what it says? He said, do not be afraid of the unfamiliar. He said, I will call you out into the unfamiliar. I will call you out into areas of your life that you are not sure about. The moment you are sure about what God wants you to do, you have to plunge into it. The moment it is clear that this is what God wants me to do, it doesn't have to make sense. You have to plunge into it. It doesn't have to look safe. It doesn't have to look reasonable. Listen to me. Believers don't look before they leap. They listen before they leap. If you listen, then you leap. Because if you look, you may never leap. The reason why some of you have never leaped is that you are always looking. Waiting for a favorable condition. Waiting for the moment to be perfect enough. Waiting for you to have the people, the money, the finance, the power, the competence enough to take a step and then you keep looking and looking and the more you look the more satan brings up new new things because covid 19 is not the end if you don't start what is put in your heart and you keep pushing it to a time that will be better you'll be shocked satan has something else prepared for that better time you're looking for and there will be always something rising every day that makes your starting inconvenient so that you never never start god okay, wants you to start don't look before you leave, you listen. God is a specialist. He gets his greatest cause from the most impossible situation. He told Joshua, Cross the Jordan. The Bible says, at that time he told Joshua, cross the Jordan. That was the time that Jordan was overflowing his boundaries. It didn't look reasonable, it didn't look possible, it didn't look normal, it didn't look rational. But God says, fear will stop you. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 4, help me with that. If you have the Living Bible, we may not have it on studio, but if you have the Living Bible, the li- not NLT, the Living Bible, Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 4, please read for me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7, if you have NLT, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, NLT, please read for me. Who's reading for me? E- Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 4, who has it? The Living Bible, Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. Is that the living Bible? What does it say? If you wait for perfect conditions, yes, you will never get anything done. If you wait for perfect conditions, perfect circumstances, before you do what God says you should do, you'll never get anything done. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7, NLT, 2 Corinthians 5 7. What? We live by believing, not by believing not by saying so we don't live by saying we don't live by what we see we don't live by what we see we live by believing we live by believing one thing you must be very careful about this year is that tendency to stay safe it has nothing to do with COVID-19 when I mean stay safe I wasn't talking about stay safe safe stay safe that's not safe to stay safe is to stay small To stay safe is to stay small. Faith is not safe. Faith is not safe. Not safe mentally, not safe emotionally, not safe physically, not safe financially. Faith will always stretch you beyond your comfort areas. That's faith. So, anything that says, stay safe, don't try it. You have to be extremely careful. Because, it's when Pharaoh was leading us in prayer, I kept praying, I said, Lord, don't let me shut myself below my possibilities this year. Don't let me do below what I could have done this year. Don't let me be stopped by anything. Faith is not safe. Faith will push you. Don't allow finance stop you. If God called you, he will do it. First Thessalonians 5, verse 27, 24. It says, faithful, he has called you, he will also do it. Don't let the feelings of incompetence stop you. Are you following me this morning? Don't let the feelings of incompetence stop you. I said on Tuesday that you should educate your mind. Don't let the feelings of not knowing enough stop you. Don't let the feelings of incompetence stop you. If you have to read up, expand your mind, educate your mind, whatever you have to do, you have to do. You see, the authenticity and the veracity of the call of God is not an excuse for the projection of foolishness and ignorance. The fact that God has called, let me say it again, the authenticity and the veracity of the call of God is not an excuse for the projection of foolishness and ignorance. The fact that God has called you is not the reason why you must not read up on your call. Are you following me? The fact that your call is genuine and God has called you to do this. He has assigned you to start this, to do that, to get done, to get this done. Does not mean that you will not project ignorance and use the call as a certificate. The call is not a certificate. The Bible says, "With all diligence, put all diligence to make your call and election sure. It is your responsibility to prove that God has called you." By getting to the terms of your call and understanding what it means. I said many times that even though I was not a pastor, I've never had an experience in pastoring, when when God called me to pastor, I sat down with books and I read like I was doing PhD. Don't let your temperament stop you. Hmm? Your temperaments and feelings of weakness. You know, we're phlegmatic. We don't. We are not outgoing. Your business is crumbling. You say you cannot market because phlegmatic are not. You know we don't really warm up to people easily. Your business is going down. You don't warm up. The thing that will warm you is coming. You know we melancholy. We are very very deep thinkers, and so we must take our time to think. And think, and think, and think, and think, and think. Do you know that in heaven, what God says is well done, not well thought? Anything you think about, hence, in your thoughts, it is what you do that we know. He said, no, we are sanguines, we are very, very you know extroverts, and because of that, you mess your life with pleasure and comfort. You cannot wake up to sit down and get yourself ready for what God has called you to because you are sanguine. But God does not allow sanguinity, or cholerity, or anything to stop him. If he did, he would not have chosen Peter as the head of the church. Peter was talkative. Talked more than everyone put together. You know Peter talked a lot. Talk, 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 talk. The one that didn't even talk anything at all, you know Judas did not talk at all. If you have said who is most spiritual in this group of disciples, you would have said, it's my brother Judas. The Bible says one time that somebody says something, says his name was Judas. What did put in bracket. Not Iscariot so that you can know that brother Judas always praying Metashah. and yet it was stealing money don't let your temperaments stop you don't let anything stop you do you know that God did not heal Moses of his stuttering did God have power to heal Moses of his stuttering did he have power to heal him of his stammering when he says I'm a stammerer can God heal him can God heal him why did God not heal him? Why did God not heal most of his tamari? and let him that he should go and lead three million people, three million people from a land of slavery of 430 years, a Tamara. We 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 na 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 go 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 from me Egypt three million people million it didn't heal him i've taught you like i say all the time in leadership classes so you know competence and communication is one of the skills that you need as a leader to be able to proficiently communicate your concept and context to the people that follow you you cannot joke with the ability to properly pronounce your words in global you know accents accents that are appealable to every kind of people the irish the canadian the american the the swedish everyone should be able to connect with you in such a way that as a leader you're able to ginger and then move people from a point to the other point he couldn't talk three million god was trying to prove a point that your seeming weakness cannot stop him from what he wants to do with your life if you make up your mind. There was a day he called out, and Abednego offended him. They were disloyal. I love that story. Because the Bible says that Moses had not finished talking before the ground opened. You know why he has not finished talking? He was tamar. He said, if, 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 if. if. I'm my mama, 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 mama. No, go go go. go, go. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> you can say, don't worry, don't worry. We are going to open. We know what you want to say. You don't, you don't need, don't finish, don't finish. You don't need to finish talking. It is a power between the quality of spirit and the quality of speech. Power right there in the spirit. The semi weakness cannot stop. You. Don't let anybody put you in one category and say, You are this. You are that. Because of this, you cannot do that. Because of this, you are, you are because of because, because this is your kind of people, you cannot be this kind of people. Did God say that? If you accept those limitations, you will accept the weaknesses that come with it, and you will shut yourself out of the hell that the Holy Ghost is in your life to supply because you accepted a weakness that God didn't give you. Sanguines, they said, they are very, very, you know, outgoing, very, very indisciplined, talking everywhere, shouting everywhere. So you're not allowed because they say you're sanguine. Did God tell you? Say, thou, my son, you, thou art a sanguine. Now I'm not against all the temperament classifications. I'm not, I'm against the weaknesses. I'm against people accepting a weakness that God did not give to them. And then behave and believe that your life is supposed to go in a particular path that God didn't give to them. Don't allow your temperament stop. Hey, time, don't go. Don't allow your temperament. And I'm not even halfway gone. do allow your temperament stop you. Don't allow anything stop you. Don't allow your weaknesses stop you. Do what you need to do. So I will deal with three kinds of fear. I will say only one today because of our time. Only one. Only one because of our time. Time has gone. I'm so sorry. But I will just deal with only one. I have three here, but I'll deal with only one. Types of fear, and I'm gonna deal with one I feel is most important for me to deal right now, which is the fear of making a mistake. Now, there's a difference between fear of failure and fear of making a mistake. The fear of failure is that you start something and then it doesn't work. That's the fear of failure. The fear of mistake is that you are doing something that you are not called to do. Do you understand? That this thing you want to start, are you sure, are you very sure this is what God wants to do with your life? See, that fear of mistake is very crippling. It stops people from taking steps because they keep thinking that this is not what God wants them to do with their lives. There is no single person in all of scriptures that had a firm grip of all that their call entailed when God called them. No single one. There's no single person in the Bible who said boldly that this is everything that's entailed in God's call for my life when God called them. It doesn't tell them like that. It gives them a glance, just a little glimpse of what he wants to do with your life. So, but Satan can keep you back from going all length because of the fear of getting out of God's will. Are you following me? So, you are extremely careful not to do everything you can do because you are not sure if this thing you are doing is not against God's will for your life. Am I making sense this morning? Are you guys listening to me? Okay. I want to be sure. Are you sure you are listening to me? So, people have not gotten married because of this fear. The fear of marrying eh? the wrong person. Fear of marrying a mistake. So, now, they they have a picture in their head, and they are waiting waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and waiting and waiting, and they are afraid. They are praying and praying and praying, and they are fasting and fasting. And they are seeking the face of God. And it's becoming too long. And if you ask them, they say they are not sure whether this is the person, Because you have not even mastered how God speaks to you. Listen to me. Most of the instructions that God will give to you about your life, He will give you to the inner witness. He will not give you a vision. I, I see a vision. I see visions a lot. If I sit down here and I begin to pray, the Lord will open my eyes and I'll see visions. I see visions all the time. If I In our 6 a.m. prayer, when I'm praying, I'll be seeing visions back to back. To back, as if my eyes are flooded with light but I don't see vision about myself because God does not lead me by visions he leads me to confirm what he has put in the heart of his children by visions are you following me? So if God has told you something and you are not sure, you are still deliberating. I could hold your hands and pray and say, bro, SJ, I see this. I see this. Ah, it's true, sir. Confirmation. God has... So that vision is a confirmation of what God's already put in your heart. But I don't see visions for myself. Really. The fear of making mistake has kept a lot of people back from all their possibilities because they are afraid of doing the wrong thing. Mind numbers, you must see a vision. So if God does not tell, tell you by vision, He's not God. When I was going to my wife, so you guys told I, her, I saw her, I like her, she's very hot, she's very fine, and I shake her everywhere because I'm a very sensible person. I'm one of the most sensible mummies you've ever met. I know what I want. I don't deceive myself. A lot of believers deceive themselves. They deceive themselves a lot. They don't even know what they want. So they see this one. They want it small. They see that one. This one. ah, This one. ah, I beg. I I don't want this one again. Ah, This one. They want it small a little bit. They're like, ah, hey, I'm sorry. ah, ah, Let me wait. Let me wait. wait, I don't want to make a choice now. It's as if this is plenty where it's coming from. So they continue like that. They don't know what they want. If the servant of Abraham. I stayed at that well. There will be more women that will come and do exactly what Rachel did. That is the reason for your confusion. You stayed at the well too long. You are waiting for God's best choice. You don't know. And that one will be, and that one will be better. This one's bum bum is big, But another one will be bigger. This one is soft. But another one will be softer. Continue. That's where you are going to be. So I saw her. In less than two weeks. Less than two weeks. I said, sweetheart, I love you. Would you like to marry me? I was in part four, four hundred level. I was too short. I was barely 23 years old. 23. I said, would you like to marry me? I didn't say let's go out on a date, let's see how it works, let's see how it goes. Let's see all those jackals you guys say these days. I said, Would you like to marry me? She said, I said, would you like to think about it? I didn't even say pray about it follow me. I knew what I wanted. I have found what I wanted. And we got married. There were people that told me that when they were going to get married, get into in their engagement with their sisters, an angel came down from heaven with a rope and was swinging the letter like this. The letter had flowers and balloons. And the moment they gave it to me, I opened it, butterfly flew out. I brought out the letter and behold, it was your name, Romoke. <laughs> 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 Their relationship is not even last three months. Don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive yourself. I'm happily married with my wife. I have absolutely zero regrets. I'm married to the best place I could have been married to in my entire life. Zero regrets. When my pastor called me, say said, Pastor Philip, what do you mean? How can you, do it? how can you say you met somebody in less than two weeks? Is that it. how, it. how they do it? So he said, Brother Sussu So prayed for nine months before the Lord spoke to him. susan and So sought the face of God for ten months. I said, me, I don't know why they are seeking the face of God. Though. The face of God is not lost. I don't know why they are, because I, the Bible says that before I say, he answers me. That's what he told me. Why is God thinking about it? You think God does not know who I'm supposed to marry? And I say, wait, I'm thinking. Let's be looking at that together. <laughs> Let's see what she's going to do. God knows who I'm supposed to marry from the first day I was born. Even before I was born. So it's not it's not nice to be thinking about whether I should marry that person or not. So he's now waiting for nine months for him to tell me. For ten months or two years. Any person that tells that he's seeking his face of God, he's not seeking anything. He doesn't want to tell you yes. He's waiting for the the next best person. Anyone, listen, are you hearing me, brothers? Anyone that tell you that they are still seeking the face of God, they are lying, they are lying. God is not lost. God is not lost. They are not telling the truth. They want to hold you, you know, at hand like this. Why they are seeking another? Because they're buried in hand. Fear of making a mistake. Fear of making a mistake. We withhold people from taking decisions in their lives. Fear. Somebody told me when I was going to start SLC. I'm going to end in Jesus' name. <laughs> which one do I even leave behind? Ah, Jesus. Over preparation. I don't even know which one to cancel. Part six, have you? All right, part six, part six, part six. They told me, they said, Philip, someone said, he said, Jesus Christ appeared to me. Jesus Christ appeared to me. He said, You said God called you to pastor a church. Did Jesus appear to you? He said, When I was going to enter into ministry, after 21 days of dry fasting, Mm. Ah. Jesus climbed the staircase. I'm living upstairs, but Jesus Christ climbed the staircase. He said, uh, because Jesus Christ met some people on the way. They greeted him as I was coming to my room. And he called me to ministry. He said, did you see Jesus? I said, I didn't see Jesus. He said, how do you know? He said, I just know. He called me to ministry. The fear of making a mistake can shut you down completely. The fear of making a mistake can ensure that you don't make progress with your life and if God wants to bring you into an unfamiliar ground and break new grounds the fear of that this ground you want to break are you sure God is calling you into this can stop you from all the possibilities so we have singers who have refused to sing a song because they're not sure if God called them into this into the album ministry they called to the singing ministry but not to the album called to the singing ministry but not into the composition ministry so we see people, because if this is fear, just say it's fear. Beg. Don't, te- don't tell lies on God. If you're afraid of something, just say, I am afraid of this thing. Don't say, God did not really call me. Don't do that. Because if you confront it by its name, you'll be able to overcome it and say, This thing is fear. It's fear. It's your fear, fear that is doing me. Why have you not done this? And you know, I'm not really sure. It's a lie. Once God gives you a general instruction, don't let the lack of a specific instruction stop you from going ahead. What do I mean? God calls you, for instance. Call it, And says, I've called you into singing. Bless the world with your voice. I've given it to you. Go ahead and do it. You know, I say, Lord, which song should I sing first? So you see now, you have 10 songs. Which song? Which song? Which song? Which song? So i on this which song for 10 years. The fear of releasing the wrong song. And you held your life in captivity. Because you are afraid of releasing a song that is not the song. When God has released you to release your songs to the world. God says, go to secondary schools and help me talk to these young girls, abused young girls, and help them off their abuse, abusive you know, mindsets. And you say, Lord, which school, which school, which school specifically, which school should I go to? Go to any school your I see. Start from any school. If there's any school that God doesn't want you to go, he will tell you. He may give you an instruction on the general and refrain his instruction on the specific. Specific as to what and when. When you already have a general instruction, don't let the lack of a specific instruction stop you from moving ahead. When I went to do SLC in Lagos, follow me, they said, ah, Pastor Philip, are you sure that God called you to Lagos to do SLC? Are you sure God said go to Lagos? Are you sure God said to go to Lagos? Are you, sure? are you sure, are you sure, are you sure? I said, no, God didn't say I should go to Lagos, but God said I should go to the world. And the last time I checked, Lagos is part of the world. Don't let the lack of a specific instruction stop you from moving ahead with your life. There will always be that doubt. Are you sure? Everybody, they can say, I have a vision. The law appeared, all those things. Trust me, every, I used to tell my everything. Everybody has doubts. Everybody has doubts. If you move close to men of God, they will tell you. Those that are sincere, they say, look, I wasn't sure. I just tumbled on this thing. I wasn't really sure. Everybody, was, there is nobody that is 100% sure of everything they were to be doing. A lot of them started out on what they understood. As fast as they understood, and many things began to unfold from it. That's how God works with us. So if you allow yourself to be refrained because you are not sure, it will stop you. Call the apostle. Wasn't sure. Do you know that Paul the Apostle did a lot of things I was not called to do? Let me give you an example. For instance, he used all his resources. And I'm going to say this for those of you who are into ministries and are not doing anything with it. He used all his resources. Paul was in prison. He was sent to go to the church. In book of Acts, chapter 15, he said to Barnabas. He said, Barnabas, let us go back to the churches that we started. That was what he said. They are going to the first Paul, first missionary journey. The second missionary journey, because the first missionary journey. Was called by God, separate ye unto me, Paul and Barnabas. That was the first one. Second one, Paul just took Barnabas. Let us go back to all the churches that we started. He didn't say I was praying and the Lord came to me in a vision and said, Will you arise again and go back to the churches? He, he said, Let us, he just use normal common sense. God cannot give an instruction to water to to plant a seed and have to come back and give an instruction to water the seed. It is senselessness. To have to wait and say, Lord, after planting this seed, do I have another instruction to water it? After watching, see the harvest, do I have an instruction to harvest the seed? You know, because believers, say, what should I wear? Should I wear a, plant, a blue boxer or a red shirt? You know, believers, in, in, in the sense of wanting to hear God and be just, just somewhere in the spirit. Mm, they, just want to, they just want to be that, and they are missing out on possibilities. Paul oh, wrote letters from prison. He never said once that the Holy Ghost said write these letters. He never said once. He never said anywhere that the Holy Ghost was the one that instructed him to write the letters. Are you following me? And yet he wrote letters that became books of our Bible. Do you have an idea what God can do with what you are writing now? Do you have an idea? He used everything he had. He spoke, he wrote letters, he did everything to get his message across to the world. He didn't wait for God to give him specific instruction on which letter to write first. No! That is why you are so full of content and you are not going to post on Instagram. Because you want God to instruct you. Should I... Or should I not post? If the wise people of this world are as, half as bold as the foolish people in this world, ah. this world would have been a better place. Somebody comes with bossy challenge, takes over foolish, foolish people, and you see them overrun the world with foolishness. And they are believers, I say, God has not led me yet. And He has given you content that can overrun the world, but you will be waiting. You will be waiting. I don't know, you know. I don't want to just put myself out there. I don't want to be a station where I'm posing. You know, just trying to take my time to be sure show the spiritual atmosphere. Satan is destroying lives. You are there, taking your time. Do you know that there are people whose lives can be touched and blessed because you open your heart and you let your content flow? But you are there, waiting for God to come and hit your head with hammer and say move. You have beautiful songs that can bless the world. I've said over and over again now my WhatsApp status, there is none of my WhatsApp status. Praise. None of my WhatsApp status that God instructed me to write. Not. If I say, Lord, do I write on my WhatsApp status today or not? He will just say, I think you have your have problem. Because you shall be sensible enough now to know that your lives are depending on that thing. Your addictions have been broken because people read what you write. And you're there waiting. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. People's lives have been torn around. You know, G.T. said, it does this affirmation group and I read it every morning. And I see what she's writing. And she told me about two days ago that, ah, the group is too few. It's too much. I said, God forbid. Now, open, open the third one. Fast. Because you don't know how many people life. I say. But they got tell you to start affirmation group and say, my daughter, G.T. Start the first group. If the first group finish, start second one. Second group start. Don't do that. You're wasting time. You're wasting time. Fear of making a mistake. On Tuesday, I will deal with fear of failure and fear of people. Trust me, your life will never be the same. Harden your heads. If you're here and you are out of the presence of God, you know that you are no longer in God's presence. You've left Him. Your life is no longer the same. And like Adam, you are hiding away because you are afraid. I want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to come back to Jesus. I've lost my touch with him. I've lost my touch with him. I know everyone thinks I'm born again, but I'm not. I come to church because it's fun to come to church. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you this morning. Fear of what God will say, God would do has kept you off. But I want to pray for you this morning. Wherever you are, I'm not going to call you out, but I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand, bow down your heads, close your eyes slip up your hands i want to pray for you wherever you are you want to say pastor please pray with me i want to pray with you right now pastor pray for me i'm tired of staying outside i want to have a relationship i love that one that's one hand there that's an hand there if you're there lift up your hands i want to pray your right hands i can see it i want to pray for you i have one hand already i have second and third hand i have three hands now you want to say pastor please pray Pray for me. I want to be back in my relationship. Oh, you are here. You have never had a relationship with Jesus. And this is an opportunity for you to meet with Him. I have the fourth hand back there. Thank you, Jesus. I have the fifth hand here. Lord, I pray for your children in the name of Jesus. I pray for everyone who's here whose hands are raised, who wants to come back to you, who wants to have a touch with you. Wants to have a relationship with you, who's lost it and are tired of staying outside, or anyone who does not even have a relationship and will say, Father, I'm coming back home. I pray, Lord Jesus, that they have an encounter with you. I pray that you touch them where they are in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, we pray.
0: Thank you for listening to this message. Meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 0807-548-5997. You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at slchurchng. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church.